Amen. We love you, Lord. A few announcements that we have. I want to remind you that if you have an offering that you would like to send, uh, send it to make it checks out to Winber Assembly and uh, send them to Box 361, Winber, PA, 15963, Box 361, Winber, PA. We're grateful for your contributions. Also, make mention of Wednesday night is our Bible study, and it's on the book of Revelation, and it's been a very interesting time. So we're on um, Revelation chapter 2. <laughs> we finished a chapter. Uh, some people are laughing because they're excited that I got that far so soon. It's only been a month or two. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. So I have a habit of sometimes only getting one verse done, but we have a time to talk <laughs> and go through things. So it's, a, it's an interesting time. So that's on Wednesday night at 7. Uh, and we invite you to come and be with us. Um, we'll soon be open for the, whatever the governor is setting up as our, our uh, times that we can expand our number in the, in the service. So we'll be doing that soon. And um, what else? There was another announcement, I think. I'll think of it later. Uh, but anyhow, we're glad for you to be here and to be with us. And today, I am going to attempt <laughs> to complete an entire book <laughs> in one sermon. We might be here for an hour, okay. Yeah. You know what it means when a preacher looks at his watch, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> that's my little humor for the day. Well, anyhow, we're looking at the, the book of Esther and I've entitled my, the message, Ch choosing, choosing to be chosen. You know, often we hear that we are God's chosen people. And uh, the Bible says that you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you would go forth. Well, we're actually, whenever God has called us, God is, uh, the word, uh, the scripture says, God is not willing that any should perish, but everyone should come to repentance. So God has called everyone to go to heaven. And, but the problem is some people don't choose to. And whenever we're looking at Esther, we find that she chooses to be the servant and listen to her cousin, Mordecai, Mordecai and do what he says. And we'll go on. So Esther chapter 1 is, we're, we're looking at the national events of the Medes and the Persians. And sometimes we think that in the national scale of things, that it really doesn't matter much what that happens in Washington, D.C. We're here in our areas, and we're, we're, you know, doing our thing, and, you know, we're not called upon to participate on a national scale. But there are things that happen in Washington and some things that happen in the communities around us that do have a, an, an important event for us or have an, have an influence upon us. Well, Xerxes is the king of the Medes and the Persians, and he is over 127 provinces. And in the third year of his rule, so we're going to keep track of the years here because it does outline them for us. In the third year of Xerxes' rule, he gave a party. <laughs> and his party lasted 180 days. <laughs> That's quite a party. <laughs> Six months worth of partying. But in the commentaries, it says this was kind of like a, a, a war planning strategy. 
because Xerxes was trying or going to attack Greece, and he was going to go to war short time after this period, this six months, year, whatever. He's going to go to war, and so this 180 days is kind of like preparing everybody to go to war, getting all of his generals and men and all that in order. That's what the one commentary said. And so um, all the people, he had this big party, it was, uh, 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 and all the people were invited. They were, they were to come and be part of this extravagant, and it's, it goes through here, it tells us about his wealth. You know, Xerxes had um, no problem showing off how, how great he was. Uh, it talks about, on verse 6 of chapter 1, the inside garden had white and blue linen hangings around the room. I guess he was a Wimber fan. It's blue and white, you know. Yeah, blue and white. Or Penn State, you know. He was, he was, a pretty, he was pretty much on target. And uh, hanging around the room, they were held in places with cords of linen and purple materials and silver rings and marble pillars. There were couches made of gold and silver. There were sittings on mosaic pavements made of um, some type of marble, mother of pearl, and other expensive stones. Wine was served in golden cups of every different shape and size. And so it was just this extravagant time for people to be together, and he was celebrating his great wealth and this, and this party. Well, after 180 days of party, he decides to have a party to celebrate the end of the party. That's chapter verse 10 and 11. So during this time, um, he's, well, if you read through it, he and his friends were all drunk. And so what he does is he, he gets queen, his queen Vashti, 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 he asks for queen Vashti to come. Well, she was having a party for the women. Now, there's, there's some contra, con, conflict as maybe why uh, he, she, he's, the king, Sir, king Xerxes sent for Vashti, and she said no. Woo-hoo. All right, so here's the king with a bunch of his drunken friends, and the queen won't come. Now, one of the commentaries stated that um, it was improper for a woman to come before a group of all men. Or was she having a party and she wasn't leaving her party to go see another party? I mean, something happened, something went wrong, and I'm sure she's well aware of uh, uh, Xerxes, uh, I want to say mood changes and his desire to be impressive. Well, anyhow, she doesn't come. Well, (laughs) you wouldn't believe what kind of scandal that brought. It almost sounds like Washington, D.C., you know, if you want to read a book about scandal and, and uh, challenges and changes and things working behind the scene, you've got to read this. Just read through it and, you know, get a commentary and get a picture of what's going on at this time period. So, um, there were seven of the most important officials of the Persians in the Medes' kingdom. Then chapter 1, verse 15, the king says, What does the law say must be done to a queen, to Queen Vashti's? Vashti, excuse me. She has not obeyed the commands of King Xerxes that the eunuchs had, t- had taken to her. Now, so she's supposed to come. Now, we know that in the in long and short of things, uh, she gets dethroned. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but in the whole process, the guys are there saying, in verse 17, 
because all the other women will hear about what Queen Vashti did, then they will stop obeying their husbands. So you know it's a bunk of drunks, right? <laughs> the queen doesn't come, so now she's setting a national precedence that all of the women of the entire kingdom of the Medes and the Persians are going to throw their husbands under the bus, and the, and the men will no longer be an authority over their house. Well, we certainly changed all that in our modern-day history. That's a joke. That, you know, always remember, it's the Bible that brought equality to, to women. So, always remember that. Our relation, the Christianity brought equality and ended slavery. But um, anyhow, so they gave a royal command that Vashti would never again enter the presence of King Xerxes, and they wrote a law that women would always obey their husbands. So she's kicked out, she's no longer queen, and, uh, and then a new law is passed that all women have to obey their husbands because they didn't want women learning from Vashti, Vashti that, you know, you can't do this. But a little side note, Vashti, her son, becomes king after Xerxes. So he, she's still around. All right, verse chapter 2. Later, Xerxes stopped being angry. Then he remembered Vashti and what she had done. So now he's kind of regretting. My goodness, what did I do in that drunken stupor? I kicked out my queen, and she was important to him. Verse 2 said, that Then the king's personal servants had a suggestion. Search for a beautiful young virgin for the king. So since you're missing one queen... Why don't you go look for another one? So why don't you have a beauty contest and bring all the, the beautiful women throughout the province of the Medes and the Persians, and they all come, and they all hang out here at the palace for a year. <laughs> okay. And now there was a Jew from the tribe of Benjamin named Mordecai, and Mordecai was in the capital city of Susha. Mordecai had been carrying, carried into captivity from Jerusalem by, the, by Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. So we know that, remember back at the beginning of Dan, when Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were taken out, of Bab, uh, taken out of Israel and brought into Babylon? Well, Mordecai was brought out of Israel, but he wasn't brought out at the same time that uh, Daniel was. He was later on brought out, and he now is a, has a cousin named Esther. Now, we find that Mordecai had adopted Esther. Esther's parents were killed. So Esther, we would say, well, there's a, there's a woman with a silver spoon in her mouth that everybody took care of her, bowed down before her. No. She was um, without her parents, and a cousin, an older cousin, Mordecai, had adopted her as his own daughter. And so he was kind of watching over her and taking care of her. And whenever this decree came out about looking for a queen, Esther was the perfect one. She was beautiful, and she had a shapely figure. That's what the pictures show. <laughs> It says that in the Bible. I didn't make it up. It's in the Bible. There's no picture. They lost the photograph. A little humor. 
So um, Haggai was in charge of the women who were coming in to be presented to the king. And he liked Esther, but not because she was beautiful, but because, not only because she was beautiful, because she had a personality that was that just inclined people to look favorably upon her. Verse 10 of chapter 2, Esther didn't tell anyone that she was a Jew. She didn't tell anyone about her family background because Mordecai told her not to. Now, not only is Esther beautiful, but she's willing to listen to the advice of someone she respects. You see, we have to find people who are respected leaders, that we respect their advice and their insight, and we find that Esther was that type of an individual. She had overcome the, 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 the disaster of losing her parents. She had no other family, and so she's adopted by a, a cousin who's much older, and she's going into the palace. Now, she's not one of these aristocrats. She's, you know, Mordecai is kind of in a position around the palace, but he's not in the palace. He kind of hangs out at the city gates. And, um, and so he doesn't have this great position of wealth and things. So Esther is not one who's been walking in the courts. She's been walking in a very limited uh, environment. And she's been able to overcome these things, but she listened to Mordecai. Don't tell anyone that you're a Jew. Now, makes no sense to, Morde to Esther. There's no problem with being a Jew. No problems. Why shouldn't I be open and honest? Mordecai says, just hold on to it. All right. So, she had to complete 12 months of beauty treatments. Six months with oil of myrrh, and six months with perfumes and cosmetics. So she's got a year <laughs> of, beauty of beauty training. And so when it comes her time to, be, to go before uh, Xerxes, that says that um, she, she liked the, the guy who was in charge. He liked the eunuch who was in charge of all the, the young virgins that were to go before the, the king, that he liked Esther because of her, her personality. He gave, he gave Esther seven of the slaves to be her servant while she's been preparation. And when it's time for her to go in and see the king, she wears what the, the head guy said, wants her to wear because she knows he knows what the taste of the king is. She's willing again to listen to advice. So Esther was taken into King Xerxes in the palace, and this happened in the 10th month of the, of, of the seventh year of his rule. Okay, so it was the third year that he had the party. Now it's the seventh year okay, that Esther goes in to visit the king. And the king, verse 17 of chapter 2, the king loved Esther more than any other young woman, and she became his favorite. Xerxes put a crown on Esther's head and made her the queen in place of Vashti. <laughs> and they lived happily ever after. End of story. No. <laughs> you see, in life, there's always complications. So we see that Esther's already lived through the complication of losing her parents. 
She's lived through the complication of moving away from her, her cousin's uh, protection and moving into the palace with all these other beautiful women. And now she, you know, and the pressure of going before the king, if the king doesn't like her, she goes and becomes one of his harem and probably will never see the king again. It's all over. But there's a side note. There's an evil plan. Chapter 2, verse 19. Mordecai is setting next to the king's gate, and there are two guards there. And Mordecai overhears them plotting to kill the king. And so Mordecai goes and tells Esther. Esther tells Xerxes, the king, the king investigates. These two guys are trying to kill the king, and they're hung. It's all done. Chapter 3. After these things happened, after Vashti is removed as queen, Esther is a new queen, Mordecai uncovers the plot to assassinate the king. These things happened. What happened is Xerxes honored Haman, the son of Hamadatha, but he's an Agite. Now, a little history. When King Saul was told by Samuel to go to a city and wipe out the city, the king, the animals, everything, because they were great enemies of, of Israel and because they were an evil people and always had a, they were, had a bad influence on Israel, Samuel doesn't kill the king. Excuse me. Saul doesn't kill the king. He brings him back as a trophy. He's an Agite. <laughs> so this king who was an enemy of King Saul, and Saul doesn't fulfill, he kills the king later on, but this, the descendants of the king, this Agite king from the time of Saul is now here with Haman, Haman in Susa, and he in Haggai, he in um, Mordecai just don't get along. Subplot. Verse 2. All the king's leaders at the king's gate would bow down and give honor to Haman because he had been elevated to this great position. But Mordecai refused. So here is Haman, new position of power and influence, and Mordecai, a Jew, won't bow down. Well, he didn't like that too much. So, Haman gets very angry. Not only does Haman want to get even with Mordecai and kill him, he makes a plan to kill all the Jews in the entire Mede and Persian Empire. Now that is uh, taking anger a little too far. So, um, so whenever this, this went, you know, so how can he do this? Well, he's in second in command uh, to, the, to Xerxes, Haman is. And verse, um, let me tell you, verse 8 of chapter 3, uh, Xer King Xerxes, there, he, he, goes, he goes to the king, and he says, King, there is a group of people scattered among the people and provinces, provinces of your kingdom. 
these people, they keep to themselves. They're separate from all the other people. Their customs are different from those of all other people. They don't obey the king's laws. It's not right for the king to allow them to continue to live in your kingdom. He's deceiving the king because he hates the Jews. His family lineage has hated the Jews. And so he's finally got within his power that he is going to wipe out all the Jews on one day. And so he sends out a letter, king sealed, and that they are to ruin, kill, and completely destroy all the Jews. Young people, old people, women, and little children. Everything, everyone is to be destroyed on one day. So he signs this thing, sends it out to all the 127 provinces of the Medes and the Persians. Chapter 4. Do we need a commercial to go to break and then come back? Just kidding. Chapter 4. When Mordecai heard about this law, and the laws of the Medes and the Persians cannot be changed. Once it has been made law, he can't change his mind. That's why Vashti could not come back as queen. He kicked her out, forbade her to come in his presence again. Couldn't happen. He signed it into law. So the, all the Jews are to be killed, signed it into law. He can't retract the law. So Mordecai, <laughs> he puts sackcloth and ashes, and he's, you know, outside the city gate. He can't go inside the king's, in, near the king's palace because no one's allowed to come near the king dressed in these sackcloths and ashes. So what Mordecai does, he gives to Queen Esther a copy of the document that all the Jews are to be killed. And he told her to go into the king and beg him for mercy. Well, Esther responds and she says, I can't go in because anyone who goes in to see the king and is not invited dies unless the king holds out his scepter. So the law is you enter the court and you're not invited, you die. So Esther tells Mordecai this. <laughs> Mordecai sent this, sent this back. Esther, this is verse, chapter 4, verse um, 13. Mordecai sent this back. Esther, don't think that just because you live in the king's palace, <laughs> you will be on, the, the only Jew to escape. If you keep quiet now, help and freedom for the Jews will come from another place. Mordecai, he had faith. He knew God would save his, his countrymen. But you and your father's family will all die. And who knows? This is a great, the great quote of, of, of the book. And who knows? Maybe you have been chosen to be a queen for such a time as this. And you see, this, you know, what's this story have to do with us? That one verse, many other things. We see the province of God of setting things up and putting things in motion even before there is a, a problem. Vashti's out of, uh, the queen, out of the picture. Esther comes in as the new queen. She has everything in place, and then Haman comes up, and he and ha Ham, Haman, 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 Mordecai, Mordecai has a run-in with Haman the hangman. That's how I keep those straight. And now there's a conflict. 
So all this is in place. Who knows whether you've come to the kingdom of God for such a time as this. You and I are appointed by God to be where we are at for an appointed time. You're not here by chance. Not here by, we chose to be here, but God has ordained it for you. See, God has faith in you. He has faith in what you can do, what you will become. And he will guide you and keep you and provide for you, and he will do it all for you. Well, we have a choice. Verse 15. Esther sent this message back to Mordecai. Go and get all the Jews in, Sh in Susha together and fast for me. Don't eat or drink three days and nights, and I and the women servants will fast too. After we fast, I will go to the king. I know it is against the law to go to the king, and if he didn't call me, but I will do it anyway. If I die, I die. <laughs> you see, this is Esther choosing to be chosen. <laughs> she was chosen by God to be in this place, but she chose then to be the woman. She could have tried to avoid it. And so we find that Esther was open to advice. She was willing to act. She was able to combine her beauty with planning. She was more concerned about others than for herself. See this? She just didn't just win a beauty contest. There's more to Esther than just her beauty. When the king saw Esther standing at the court, he was pleased and he held out his scepter. <laughs> and he came, she came in to him. What is bothering you, queen? And so the queen says, king, oh, hubby dear, no. <laughs> Oh, hubby dearest. <laughs> the, the king very, had very little dealings with usually the, the queen. And if you look at Xerxes, he was, he, you know, he had monuments and gold and showed it off. And, and Esther was his, his queen. She was a show off of beauty and everything and elegance and poise. So anyhow... Come in. Esther says, I want, I want you and Haman to come to a party. I'm throwing for you this afternoon. So, king says, sure, we'll be there. Called Haman. Haman shows up at the party. Now, for Esther, the, the king is there. And when he is there, the king says, what is it that I can do for you? And what does Esther do? See, this is divine timing. She has the king, she has Haman, she has all this in place. Why doesn't she just tell him, this guy's trying to kill every one of us? She says, no, I'll, you come tomorrow. Now, for me, I'd say, what's, the, what's a day going to make? What difference does a day make? You got the king, you got the things, tell him what's going on. She says, no. You see, this was divine direction. She was supposed to wait. So what happened? Well, the king can't sleep. And so he gets somebody to read the history of his kingdom. 
talk about, it's almost as trying to listen to the pastor's sermon at midnight, you know. I can't go to sleep. <laughs> Need something to put me to sleep. So anyhow, he's reading through the book, and he came across the story. Remember when Haman was, uh, excuse me, when Mordecai was sitting at the gate, he heard the two guys were trying to kill the king. He turned him in, and the king says, what did we do for, ha uh, for Mordecai? He saved my life. What did we do for him? Oh, nothing, king. Well, we need to do something for me, for him. And so, in the meantime, back at the ranch, Haman had gone home, and he was bragging to all his friends and all his wife, you know, how much that he... Uh, the king loves him. The king honored him with a dinner. The queen invited him to a special dinner, just he and the king. And he's just bragging to everybody. And he runs across Mordecai, and he hates him. He said, I can't be happy with that guy. I have all this stuff going on, but I, don't, I can't be happy. This guy's got to die. So his wife has a beautiful, wonderful idea. Build a gallows 75 feet high, and let's put him on it. So... Haman decides, let's go tell the king that we want to kill Haman. Excuse me. We want to kill Mordecai. King Haman walks in. He's just ready to ask the king. And the king says, what do you think I should do for the man that I want to welcome? You know, I want to bestow great wealth on. I want to, you know, just build him up in front of the people. And Haman thinks, well, he's got to be talking about me. Nobody could be that good but me. And so, so he's going through all this stuff and gives him, you know, put him on a robe, give him a robe the king has wore, put him on the king's horse and uh, put a king's signal on a, 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 on a horse and let the, the guy, the, this very influential king servant, run around town, drive, tell him how great he is in front of the king. And then king says to Haman, you do that for Mordecai. the man that Haman hates, was going in to tell the king, let's hang him. And really, hanging wasn't the idea. They were impaling them on a peg. They had wonderful ways to kill people. So, what happens next? He goes around the, the city, and, and he, Haman, has to tell everybody how wonderful Mordecai is on this horse behind him and he's hating every moment of it. So finally, it's all over, he's embarrassed, he goes home, tells his wife, hey, I had to go around town, and Haman, excuse me, Mordecai, he's a Jew, and, and we're running him around town, his wife says, well, if he's Jew, you can't win. Your, your, your downfall's already started. And then the servants came and said, Haman, you gotta get to the party. The queen has a party for you and the king. So they're in there, and Queen Esther says, <sighs> king says to her, what is it you want of me? And Esther says, there is someone, will you please spare my life? I'm telling the king, will you spare my wife, your queen? Will you spare my people? Will you, will you not allow them to be killed? And the king says, who, who, who wants that done? That wicked Haman. And it says, Haman, he became very terrified. 
<laughs> because he found out for the first time she was a Jew. Now, there's a number of stories through all of this. We have the province of God. We have how that God arranges the circumstances of setting up one and taking down another. We have how people are submissive to the will of God. We have people who are hateful of hatred and bitterness and want to destroy, want to tear things apart. And we see the outcome. And one of the things is that when people, when evil people build the net to capture the good people, the Bible says over and over again, they will be caught in their own snare. See, for, for the scripture, when it talks to us about having faith and believing that God will take care of us, and we have people who are against us, don't worry about it. Pray God will have his will for them because God, they will be caught in their own snare. And the very thing that Haman had planned for Mordecai is what happened to him. And he was impaled on this pole 75 feet high. His 10 sons were killed. And all of his wealth was given to Mordecai. <laughs> so, what about all the Jews that are being killed? He can't take back the law. Well, Mordecai was made second in command. He now had the king's ring. And he decreed that all Jews had the right to defend themselves. And anyone who would come against them, they had the right to kill and destroy and take, and take them down. And so when the, on the day of Purim, P-U-R-I-M, it is still a holiday in the Jewish uh, faith. And it is a holiday of celebration because these thousands of years ago, Esther was in a place to make a difference for all the Jews in the kingdom of the Medes and the Persians. And she was willing to go in and, and put her life on the line to defend her people. God had called her to the kingdom for that very specific time and place. All of the events uh, that happened with Vashti and this drunkenness of the king and, and kicking out Vashti and beauty contest, Esther comes in. It covers a matter of 10, 12 years. And Esther is in place to save her people. And, you, and in our lives, it doesn't matter where we've been. It doesn't matter where we've come from. It matters who we are in this moment and what God is doing in our life at this time and how that God has put things in place for us to say we've got to believe that God believes in us or we wouldn't be in the place we are. And he will see us through these difficult times. No matter who they are, no matter what they are, God has promised he will never leave us nor forsake us. So with Esther the providential plan of God put it all in place. Esther was in place before the bad guy came on the scene. And when the bad guy came on the scene, God had an answer to save his people. Who knows whether you've come to the kingdom of God for such a time as this. Amen? Isn't that interesting? Now go read the book of Esther. <laughs> um, Prim, P-U-R-I-M, 
It will be celebrated next year, 2021, February 25th, Thursday, and February 26th, Friday. It's a, year, it's a time of celebration where they give gifts and uh, exchange gifts, donate to the poor, and eat a celebratory meal because of what happened those thousands of years ago. And on this day and this time, they read the book of Esther. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have called us to the kingdom of God for such a time as this. And each of us, Lord, you have a plan for us. No matter what has happened, no matter the, the tragedies, we've got to come through them. No matter the obstacles, we've got to deal with them. And that, Lord, that you have a plan and a place, let us pray for direction. Because one day is different than the next. So we pray for your patience, we pray for your, your presence, we pray for your love, O oh God, to hold our hearts that we are capable, we are secure enough to take each step of our life with you. Bless our lives. Guide us by your word. Love us, O oh God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.